Gig Gab episode 44 for Monday, December 21st, 2015. And welcome to Gig Gab, the Working Musicians podcast here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And Las Gatas, California, it is Paul Kent. How you doing today, Paul? Doing good. I'm sitting here. It's a rainy Monday afternoon. I got a gig tonight, maybe. It's an outdoor gig at oh. a Christmas in the park. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're waiting to get the call whether it's going to happen. The worst would be... It's a it's a it's a pro bono thing. You know, it's it's this community Christmas uh, in the park thing. Sure. And uh, and a lot of local musicians I'm helping out uh, Mary Ellen and Steve, who I talk about, um, do it. It's a, it's Mary Ellen's gig this time. And I'm, I'm backing her up and singing a song with her. But um, pro bono and cold and outdoors and nobody to play to. That's a that's a toxic situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it, right. Being pro bono, there's less of an incentive on the other end to cancel early. Right. I mean, in, in that most outdoor gigs that I do, uh, typically there's a, a, uh, contingency or there's a, there's a cascading plan, uh, at which point they owe me money, even if I don't play. Right. You know, and it's usually, if we call you by three in the afternoon and tell you it's canceled, you know, for whatever, a seven o'clock downbeat, don't pack up, don't come, don't set up, don't play. We don't pay anything. But yeah. if we don't call you by three, then, uh, you know, the the agreement is come to the show. And if you get there and we send you away before you, you know, uh, set your stuff up, we'll pay you half. And by the end. And, and then if the stuff's all set up and, and then we tell you to cancel because of the weather or whatever reason, we'll pay you everything. Right. So there's well, this. I'm gonna- so tonight you tonight you have no there's no one on the other end that's out any money. So it's like, well, let's wait till the very last minute and then make this decision. And huh, all the stuff could be set up. What do we care? Right. You know, well, I, in, in all fairness, tonight, I'm, I'm actually somewhat protected because the guy one of the reasons so many good local musicians participate in this is that the guy who um, organizes it is a friend. He's a he's a well-known local sound guy. So he'll have our back. I mean, he won't gotcha. waste our time if he doesn't have it. But I do get what you're saying. I have empathy for what you're saying is that is that uh, the the nothing ventured, nothing gained, you know, definitely get, comes into play often with these types of things. Tonight, we're just wondering if it's going to start raining hard enough to really be a, a disincentive to getting people out there. And it looks like it will, uh, but it's cold and it's wet yeah. and it's rainy. And this is an outdoor stroll through the park type of thing. So um, it was fun. I did it. And I think I talked about it a couple episodes ago. I did it at the beginning of the Christmas season and it was a lot of fun, um, but it's definitely not going to be fun if I'm not playing to anybody. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You don't want to play to nobody. No, ever. No. no, never. Well, I don't, you don't. I, I do know people that make their living playing music would prefer to play to a crowd, but at the end of the night, it's about getting a paycheck. Yeah. And I'm sensitive to that, you know, and I'm playing in a band where I'm not the one that uh, books the gigs. I, I I have played some gigs to no one that, that if it were up to me, I would have said, well, there's no point. Let's just, you know, let's just bail. But with a couple of guys in the band that really, you know, they, 
make that if it's not there in the entirety of their living, it's a significant portion. You know, it's a team sport. You know, that's a really interesting point because there's that whole, especially from the positions that you and I are coming from, which are largely aligned, but slightly askew. And it's, it's that moving bar over time of where your lines are for things. What's a good gig. What's not a good gig. What, what will you do for money? What will you do for no money? Right. And, and that line moves over the course of time. I mean, like many of the, you know, if you're true weekend warrior and you get into this and you love doing it and you just want to play, that's what you hear all the time. I just want to play. And then we've had these conversations where, well, you know, the, um, the, um, the pro musicians are not going to be very happy with you. If you're taking gigs, you know, out of inventory, just because you're willing to, you're willing to play for free. Right. And then, then there's a whole qualitative thing. And then, you know, there's the, what is a professional thing, but I think it's a really, it's an interesting thing. I will do. I actually, I'm up for just about anything for a good cause. You know, I, I still have one foot deeply in that part of the privilege of playing music is if it can help people who need to be helped, you should do that. And also any, any gig where you get to, hone your chops, no matter what level you are, I think is a good gig. So if you can, you can combine those two things, but what I won't do are, you know, gigs where someone else is clearly a for-profit enterprise that is leveraging that, you know, I'm just being used for something like that. That doesn't sound cool to me in any way. Right. But I still, you know, even now and and playing a fair amount. In fact, I just got asked the other night, you know, would I do a, would I do a, a solo acoustic thing for a retirement home? You know, the guy was there. He said, you know, the people really appreciate it. It means a lot to them. It, it helps them with their health. You know, all these things. I'm like, that sounds like a great thing to do. And so, yeah, if I can run over there to lunchtime and and do a one hour set and, and make some people feel good because I'm playing music for them, that still seems like part of the deal. Yep. You know, the, the, it, it's part of it, the whole the whole deal actually has a, a few moving parts. You get to do something that's incredibly fulfilling and and uh, and creatively um, rewarding but you can't only put a price tag on every, on every action you do. And I don't think most musicians do. I, you know, there, there are a couple who are of the jaded far end and I, but they're rare, at least in my experience. They're yeah. rare. What do you think? No, that that's, that's true. Yeah. It's more, I, I, I'm totally with you. For me, it was more just, I know some guys, you know, need the money. And even if it, you get to the gig and it turns out, wow, this is going to be a total bust. Instead of punting, you just go through the motions collect the paycheck, let them ride, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's fine. I mean, I signed up to do the gig. I get there. I realized eh, this isn't what I signed up for, but here we are. Let's play the gig. Well, I, I'd, I'd, I'd amplify that. I'd say not eh, do the, play your ass off. Oh yes, it, of course. It's, it's yeah. what, it's what you're doing when nobody's watching that defines, you know, people who are, who are the real, real deal. And, and I know you, and I know that that's exactly how you yes. operate everything. That's how you operate everything in your life. And, you know, it is. so props and respect, but that's a, I think a great lesson. I don't know if I've mentioned that I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. It's been, uh, it's been uh, shows in the single digits since you've mentioned that. There you go. So, you know, he's legendary for when he was, when he was starting out about doing these tours and, you know, he would be doing them in bars for not many people. And, uh, and he would be playing like it was, you know, a hundred thousand people in, a, in an arena and he honed his chops. Oh, oh even the Beatles, you know, playing yeah. in Hamburg, right. 
Yep. This is what you do if you want to be great at your craft is you treat every instance of it like it's the last chance you'll ever get. Yeah. Well, I've always said, uh, you know, people ask me, what's your favorite song to play? And to me, it, the, the, and it, it's all the same. It's similar because the answer is the song that I'm playing. Mm. Right. I mean, it, it, it truly. And that's, I think, the way you have to approach it. It's like, here I am. I'm playing music. This is my favorite song to play right now because I'm here playing it. I'm not worried about the next one. Sometimes that's not true. You know, sometimes I'll look down at the set list during a verse and think, okay, what are we doing next? But I don't actually like to have to do that. Sometimes you get in a scenario where, you know, the the greater good, you've got to kind of lose focus, but um, yeah, you got to. Yeah. And when I say, meh, we play the gig. That's just my mindset in the decision process. Once I sit down at the Uh, drum stool, I'm all in all business. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Of course. Of course. Cause why do it otherwise? I mean, it, you know, I'm not playing gigs where I'm getting, you know, a five figure payday for, uh, for sitting at the drum stool. So right. it, there's no point in doing it if you're not going to love it. And be all in. All in. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I have a, a interesting story to tell you about. I went to a gig of a friend of mine's band last night and uh, the band is, they're, they're just, freaking awesome i mean they're six of of the best musicians in this in this area and they did a a gig on a sunday night i don't know all the details why it was a sunday night and it was a no cover thing i know they were filming it might have been because it was a promo video shoot it might have been there's a number of reasons what it could have been anyway i i went and they grew they drew they promoted it well and they got a great crowd there it's a, it's was, a new venue. Was this, this, uh, I think I saw it on your Facebook feed. Was it a, a, a band called long train running? Was this the, the Doobie brothers kind exactly. of tribute thing? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so you remember the Doobie brothers are from this area and right. you know, there's very deep meaning to Doobie brothers music in this area. You know, I'm not originally from this area, but I get it. And uh, I like the Doobie brothers, but this was two hours of the best Doobie brothers stuff played by six freaking amazing musicians. Four singers, great, four great singers. Like any one of them could be a lead, are lead singers in other projects that they do. Wow. Uh, you know, two drummers, like the real Doobie Brothers thing, right? Um, and, and really fantastic. And I went to the gig and, and let me also say it was at a new venue that's in this town that's really nice. So they, they really opened up mostly for kind of like the thousand person touring act type of thing. They tend to lean a little bit more towards metal acts, but you know, they have other types of music in there from time to time, beautiful stage pro sound system, um, great lights. You know, it, it was like a real deal. And these guys were tearing it up. It was a pro show by, you know, about as good as it gets when it comes to cover music. And um, so I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking about getting ready for the show that you and I are doing. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of things. I'm feeling like happy for my friends that they're crushing it and enjoying what they do. Sure. Also taking a very, very, very deep look at what I do, you know, thinking about my, myself and my band and what I want to tighten up and what I want to be better at. And it was just an interesting thing. So, so the point of this is when I go to a show, there's a, a variety of emotions. Now, a, I'm bad 
at small talk. I mean, I'm, I'm really bad. I'm really awkward at it. I'm, I'm just very uncomfortable at it. And so, you know, when I go to other people's shows, especially when there's like a, like a lot of people who were at the show last night will come and see my group sometime. And yeah, and, you got to be know, on in the, that's a, I, I don't mean to tangent us on too. Yeah. yeah. But, but you know, you know that people are watching what you do and, and not, I mean, not that they're laser focused on you, but they're aware that you're there, right? Because the, you're someone they've seen on stage before. So how you act is going to, you know, leave an impression and that's, a, and, and, and it's an impression. And the thing is, you do have to be aware of it. it you know, it, it, it speaks to you. Are you a supportive guy? Are right. you a, you know, and, you know, quite honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong to say here. You know, there's a essence of competitiveness that kind of wells up inside me, especially when someone is killing it like these guys were last <laughs> night. You know, it's like, oh, man, I got some work to do, you know, and um, but I thought that would be an interesting conversation. Like when a musician goes to see other bands that are kind of in their circle. Right. What do you, what do you feel? What do you do? You know, you know, who do you hang out with? All these types of things. You know, I kind of went in and, and uh, I kind of made a, a laser line for the sound booth, which is, you know, cause mm -hmm. I'm the sound guy and he just kind of sit there and I just wanted to kind of take it in. But when it was clear that it was going to be a special night and, you know, people would come up and some people were nice and, you know, bought me a drink or, you know, people come up and say, hi, how you doing? When's your band playing? Those types of things. And, I'm a, I'm a little bit stuck because it's not about me and I don't want it to be about me there, but you do, you have these kind of like these emotions that are kind of flying around. Like, you know, I, I really, I'm just here to watch the show and I want to be cool about it. And I'm kind of dealing with like some of the actual minutia that, you know, the technical issues like, Oh man, they're doing that really good. You know, my band needs to do that better. Those types of discussions. Sure. So I don't know. How do you feel when you go see your friends play? Yeah. So I, I guess it's good to start with how I feel when I go see someone play who's who's at, who's most definitely at a different level. Like if I go to a concert or, you know, you know, some touring right. act comes around or whatever. Yeah. That is, uh, a, a, you know, just a pure enjoyment experience. But I always do. And anytime I see any band play, I'm. I can't help but look at it from the the technical aspect, right? Of how are they, and it could be technical in many different ways. Like specifically, how are they executing this particular passage? But also, like how are they crafting this show, and what are the, how do they, you know, incorporate the lights and and you know all that stuff? And I'm always thinking in the back of my head, even if I go to see like a rush show or whatever, you know, where the lights are massive, I'm never gonna be able to, you know, bring a light show like that to the stone church. That's five minutes from my house. Right. I mean, they, they would laugh me out of the place, even if I could afford it. Right. But you, you know, you're looking at stuff and saying, how could, Oh, that's an interesting effect. Uh, I wonder if we could approximate something like that. And, you know, you're just constantly thinking about the sound and all that stuff, but it is just this pure enjoyment slash unintentional learning experience. Right. Mm -hmm. So all that happens when I go see my friends play because it's there, right? I can't help but but enjoy the music and all that. But yeah, there's totally this, it, it, you know, th this myriad of things. As I mentioned, there's the, I know that people are going to recognize, you know, if I know that people are going to recognize me, then there's like, okay, I have to be aware of how I act. And, and not that I would, you know, act poorly, but uh, I, have, I just have to know that, okay, yep, I can't, like, I got to be careful not to turn to my wife and say, 
oh man, that harmony really sucks. Right. You know, (laughs) well, which I would like if I was at some concert or something like, oh, they blew that, whatever, you know, you just say it. And it's strange as that may sound. It's part of how I enjoy music. Right. I'm hearing stuff like because I do it, too. Right. I mean, I'll screw things up. It, It happens. So it's it's kind of this thing. But if I say that and the wrong person overhears it and takes it out of context, now it's wow, Dave was there and he was being a jerk. Well, no, I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, that's just me, you know, and I, I, I don't fault them for it. I do it too, <laughs> you know, but I don't want to have to explain that. So I always have to be really careful what I say, how I say it. And, um, and, and then, yeah, there is that if they are like truly killing it, well, it, it's actually either way, right? If they're absolutely killing it or they're absolutely horrible, uh, there's, there's the, that competitive emotion that comes up like, wow, thank goodness we would do this way better than them. Or, whoa, holy crap, there's no way, you know, the bands I'm in could do this, you know. Mm. And then it's like, all right, how can I convince the bands that I'm in to do that, right? You know, how can we work harder? How can we, you know, how can we tweak things? So, yeah, it's totally, it's a weird thing going to see music. I think it's fair. I don't think there's a musician alive who goes to see music that doesn't keep some kind of a, scoreboard i mean in yeah. this sense you know playing music is a competitive sport in this sense yep it is well because we all want to be better i mean the better. point right i mean i might we say it all the time but it for me it's true and i'm, I'm sure it is for everybody else you know I'm, I'm my own worst critic and you're your own worst critic so yeah. it you know it's constant this is why we practice it's why we um it's why we rehearse, which is different than practice. It, it's why we want to learn new things. We we want to be better every time we play our instruments. And it doesn't yeah. always work out that way. Sometimes you play and you were worse than you were the, the last time, uh, you know. So with that comes this other thing that is just unavoidable. And sometimes people will know and they'll be like, you know, I've had people I've gone to see bands and I've had people say it's got to be kind of weird for you to, you know, come and see your friends play, especially if you've played with these people in other bands and they know that, you know, it's like, is that weird? Like, and I always tell them, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's weird. Of course, it's weird, but it's nor it's expected. It's normal weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know that people have. I, I was wondering this last night, do people you like you said, you you know, you have to. You have to be on. Do people who know musicians know that this is a, it's a, it's a, it, I'm not going to say weird. I'm just going to say it is a real dynamic. I mean, I would just wonder if that's an intuitive thing to someone who's not a musician going, you know, I, one guy came up to me last night. He goes, you know, these guys are great, but I really love your band, which, you know, of course makes you feel good. But I wonder if that's said because maybe um, I was emoting such angst last night. Yeah. You know, I wonder if, he, you know, if that was tapped into or something like that. But to get back to what I was saying, it really just brought out a lot of like introspection. Like I have got to get my act together and work way harder, you know, to get it up to that level, you know, from, from, and it was everything. It was like the stage was, was beautifully set, right. Very clean, you know, like no music stands, no lyrics, you know, on the floor, you know, that type of thing. Mm. Um, you know, so the presentation was really good. The performance was really good. You know, when when the musicians were taking a solo, they worked the stage. They worked every angle of the stage, left to right, front. You know, they interacted off of each other really, really pro. And um, 
And, you know, there were, again, these guys are really some of the best around, you know, when they got into some of the sections of the songs that were kind of jammy, they were in the moment focused on each other. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't put on, it was, it was real. And that translated really well. And, you know, in my, in my performances, I always try to have, you know, there's the part where it's about the band playing to the band, because I know that there's a, a layer of communication happens to that. And then there's a a layer of go out and play to the people. Right. You know, and they had a, they had a magic amount of it last night. And I'm wondering, do we? And so, you know. Yeah. And you can never, you can never experience your own band. Right. Never. I mean, even if you subbed yourself out somehow, right. I mean, in whatever form that might happen. Well, now you're not experiencing the band with you. So it's not your own band. Well, I have, you know, that video of a whole show that we have that's up on, on YouTube right now. I watch that thing. And I just picked myself apart, man. I mean, it was like, oh, why did I do that there? And you know, what was I thinking, right? So to that degree, through the, the miracle of, of a cheap video, you can uh, experience your own band. And it's similar. It's, but it's limited. You're not in the room. You know, yeah. it, it's not yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> it is. It, it's emotionally tough. And actually... Musicians don't go out and see, you know, other bands that much. I mean, I'll go on occasion, but it is like a, you know, if I go see a band that I know that we just are way better than that's easy, right? You're very, you're very at ease and you've kind of let it down. It's the ones that inspire you and drive you to be better and better and better. Those are the shows that are like emotionally, uh, Taxing, I guess, is a fair word, but, yeah. but, you know, I'll go out and see another band, you know, just to have fun and know that, you know, they're, they're, they're just okay. They're just, you know, a bunch of people out there having some fun, but they're not really trying to play in the same sandbox, so to speak. Does yep. that sound too harsh? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Right. Yeah. If it's, yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 But it's still, you can't help, but I, even in those moments, it's, you know, oh, well, thank goodness we do this better. Thank you. You know, that, that. You get that that sort of self-satisfaction thing of, oh, yep, confirmation that, okay, yep. The decision we made to do this this way or to not do that, okay, yep, that's good. I always, um, and I'm I'm pretty sensitive to this when musicians come and see me play, and I'm always very thankful, you know, explicitly to them, thankful that they came. For sure. And I always know that there's no way that they're going to last all night at the gig. You know, if it's a two set, three set gig, I mean, if it's a one set thing, sure, they'll stay for that. But if it's a, you know, two or more set gig, it's so rare that a fellow musician makes it all the way to the end of the night. Right, right, right. And I, and I don't fault them for it. I'm the same way. I, and I get it. You know, it's like, I mean, there's, and there's many factors to that. One of them is that it is just this weird thing to experience and, and you can only take so much before you got a punt. And, and then also it's, well, you know, this technically is my night off. And so I don't want to have to be here till two. Cause I know that if I am, I'm going to start helping loading them out and you know, all that stuff. Cause it's what yeah. you do. Yeah. One thing that where it, where it kind of ties together is along with the competitiveness is, is the respect amongst your peers, I think is it's a huge thing. It's a motivating thing. You know, like when I go to a show, if it's like a friend of mine's band and I get a shout out or someone, you know, says, Hey, Paul from the house rockers is here. That that's still, it never gets old. It nope. means a lot that someone would take 
take the time from the stage to actually, you know, acknowledge me of all the people that are there. I still, I don't take that very lightly at all. And I always try to do that, you know, at our shows is thank fellow musicians and plug other musicians. And this, and that's the thing is I have no problem plugging other people and encouraging other people and wanting my friends to do well. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the reality. When you see somebody that plays in your sandbox that, that send, you know, by do, them doing what they do so well, you get the message. You're not done. You know, as good as you think you may be, you still got a, sh- a ton of work to do. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, you know, and it never ends. You know, your, your show can always go to another level. You know, your, your sound can always, you know, your technical chops can go to another level. Your, 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 your tone, your sound, you know, your instrument can go to another level. Your performance chops can go to another level. I mean, there's, it's, there's no end. Know, there's no end. No. And that's, so, I mean, that's the beauty of it too, is it, you know, it, it is that reminder. Even if I see a band that's, that's not as good as, you know, a band I play in, it's still a reminder like, okay, you know, keep working. Because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, though, I think. I don't know. Yeah. And in a way, actually talking this out, I kind of feel like I should send those guys a little thank you note. Because yeah. it definitely put a fire under me that I got to get to work and get and get my game to another level if I want to be able to hang with those guys. And so and I do want to be able to hang with those guys. So. Right. Right. Well, and, and that actually, there you go. Right. Talking it out, it actually makes it a healthier thing. Right. Because you're like, it's OK. I can go to them and say thanks for inspiring me, even though they're, you know, local guys just like you. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <sighs> it's crazy. Right, I feel better. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ther- therapy session over. Yeah. No, it's good. It's we you know, it's good to. Pro- I had a moment the other day that um, not I mean, it's all part of the same thing. But uh, different from this where I, I don't know, I was like walking in a store somewhere and I thought, you know, um, I don't even know how to say this. I I could go I, and it, I guess it, it had been I hadn't played my drums for a few days. I've fallen off the wagon. Right. And and then we had a band rehearsal. and It was like, oh, yeah, man, everything works great. Like, you know, I, I need why is it that I practice? Not, not, I wasn't questioning, but it was like all the things that I do, I can do without practicing. Like, is that a bad thing? Uh, you know, it, it, at some point, is this going to negatively impact my desire to practice? It, it, it wasn't a, a commentary on, on any of the projects that I'm in. I really love all these bands that I'm in and you know, all that stuff. But it's like, gosh, you know, I could, I bet I could take three months off and this, you know, this is, it's coming across as egotistical, but it's just, it's a fact of the matter. I could take three months away from the drums, sit down and go play a gig with Fling or chafed. And, and it would mostly be okay. I mean, there'd be like, my press rolls would not be good because those, it only takes like a week and they go away. But, um, but you know, I could, I could make it through and I'm thinking, is that, do I need to worry about that as a, potential thing and i'm not convinced that i do but it was just a thought i had like do i need to you know do i need to find a project that continually challenges me not to abandon these other things that i do but just to make sure that i'm forced to uh to practice every day so what do you think i don't know uh, it, it, i don't know i haven't processed you're you're hearing this thought you know in a very raw time, yeah. form yeah well, I, I shared this with once 
with you before that there's a, a guy who sits in on horn on trumpet with us and uh he has his own band uh a a mambo orchestra and uh, he subs for me when he's available and he is uh, a a grammy award-winning artist and he still talks about waking up every morning and practicing for two hours yeah so how's that for an answer yeah that's him yeah I, yeah no that's good i mean I, I i hope to always be like that i'm not like that i i hope to at least always be at the level that i am but um i don't know you know it's it, when you get a million things going on in your life it's easy to say well i don't have to do that today but that's anything right that's it's going true. to the gym you know that's correct that's reading the news like you know you, you want to be the best human you be you can be you know what what are the things that a, a good human being does on a daily what is the things that a good musician does yep. a musician i don't read i don't read the, the news by the way I, well <laughs> i mean pick pick your poison sure. or whatever goes into that thing that makes you the best dave you can be mm-hmm. but i'm just saying as a musician i don't i can't i can't envision not not having a guitar in my hand and working on something just about every day. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like it's part of the deal. Not, not out of fear, not out of fear that, that whatever I've gained is going to go away. I mean, I guess that would be one motivation sure. for it. I think it's, I you love it's it. More, I do love it. I mean, I don't like, I don't love running scales, but, but, right. um, but there's, there's always, there's always something to get, you know, like in anything in life, a belief in the fundamentals creates that solid foundation that you always want to have. And I think, I think I, to me, it just seems like it's a very, very important thing. I agree. I, mean, I yeah. bought into the self-talk, you know, that is like, you know, I, I don't have the greatest of natural gifts, but I really have a, the, the greatest natural gift I probably have is the desire to be good. And so um, that's kind of what drives me to, you know, keep working, keep working. I mean, right now um, I have a little time this month. And so I'm taking a, I'm taking an online master guitar class just to learn some new things, which has really been fascinating. Um, I am taking uh, back in voice lessons for a couple months to work on new breathing techniques, all these types of things. And I just, I just really want that's great, man. It, it goes back to that other thing. You know, I want to hang with these guys that I, that I admire so much and I want to be, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I guess it's whatever, whatever drives you, right? Yep. Respect is probably one of the biggest things for me, mutual professional respect, whatever it is, whatever I'm doing, you know, when it was, when it was Macworld, when it was, you know, when it was the day job stuff, you know, my hyper focus was on conducting myself in a way that, that, um, respect was the greatest currency, in music, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I want, I want people to enjoy the music that I perform for them, but I need that self-satisfaction knowing I've done everything I can do. I'm doing everything I can do to, um, to do something that's worth people's time. And similarly, you know, I'd, I'd like, you know, other musicians to say, you know, I, I respect the way you run a band. I, I respect the way you prepare. That would be, yeah. that would be a great compliment. I guess. Right? Yeah, no, it, it, as as you're talking this out with me, I guess the issue is I'm not currently playing in any bands and haven't for like 10 years where I feel like the underdog and I have to prove myself. Mm. Uh, and maybe that's what I'm sort of sort of identifying uh, 
is that I, you know, do I need to get into a project where I feel like I'm, you know, I got to step it up to make this you're work. In a, you're in that project, Dave. It's, it's Dave, right? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I know, but I, but I like project. it when I have it from, I have it externally too. Right. I mean, I respond well to that for the most part. Uh, well, I guess that's, that's a part of it. Knowing what your, what your, your triggers are, right. Yeah. Knowing what your motivators are. To me, it's, it's, it's fear of, uh, of uh, clearing a room. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean that, right. That that's there, but I, I guess, I don't know. I've always done well when I've had somebody kind of breathing down my le- my neck, like, nope, not good enough. You got to play better. Okay. All right. Yep. And I, and I know it's right. That's the thing is I can play a tune with fling and know that I could have played it better. Like, Oh yeah. All right. There's that one thing. And sometimes that drives me to work on it, but it helps if I've got somebody that says, uh, <laughs> you screwed that one up. Yep. I know. Not going to screw it up next time, though. That's interesting. And I would never have guessed that at you, that you need someone else to say that to you. It's helpful. I don't, I mean, I can, I can, I have my own standards, right? But it, it, it's helpful to have somebody, you know, point it out like, oh crap. Like you said, that mutual respect thing, that's a big deal to me too. Yeah. And it, if I'm just getting it, well, does that make me complacent? And I guess that's the question I'm asking myself is what are the risks of not having that? Does, will it make me complacent? Mm. I'm not saying it has, I'm just, you know, will it, at what point will it? That's the question. I don't know. It's a good question. I know. Yeah. And maybe just the fact that I'm like randomly having this thought is I should take comfort in that. And then it's probably not, it's probably not going to happen. But. Well, your bar is decently high, you know, on a, on a, just a living, breathing yeah. you know, basis. Right. Yeah. So, so, but I, 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 you know, ask yourself, what is, what is, what is uh, Steve Gad do? Does Steve Gad rehearse? Right. He's not going to find anything terribly that's going to challenge his chops very much, but that's you know, right. right. But, but again, if, if guys at this level are yep. still rehearsing, you know, practicing their skill, honing their, you know, their chops, and, you, uh, you know, maybe the thing is you're, you're coming at it from a very um, um, intellectual standpoint. Right. Yeah. It's, it it's intellectual. It's not, it's not a reality at the moment. It's a, you know, it's just, will, will this be a reality? Do I need to worry about it? For yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Gad will sit. He says that he'll sit and play a straight groove one and three on the kick, two and four on the snare with a click track for an hour. Wow. No, no fills. Wow. Yeah. Discipline. Discipline. Finding that groove. I mean, that's why that guy's got such soft hands. I don't mean I've never shook his hand. I'm not talking about tactile soft. Just the way he plays. It's just, you know, he's got such soft hands, man. But that's why. Yeah. Every, he can feel anything. Yeah. Yeah. He can. And you can see it when you watch him play. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, he did that, um, one more car, one more driver tour with Clapton. I mean, I think yeah. it's Clapton's main call, but that video of that concert from, from one more car. I mean, he's playing everything from, you know, Layla to, you know, Clapton's pop hits. Yep. And then, and then you connect that to like Simon and Garfunkel live in Central Park. Right. And, and, uh, yep. you know, it, it's, you know, he's amazing. I mean, he he's, he's one of my favorite guys just because, he creates grooves that are just 
you know, ridiculous. I've been thinking about him a little bit lately because I've been thinking about, would it be cool once you have a, a mature project, what do you do? So, you know, we, we do clubs in the winter and these outdoor things in the summer and, you know, a couple of special things and, you know, several corporate or weddings. And it's kind of a traditional thing. And I'm always thinking about ways to make my group mean something to people in a different way. So what's something special you could do? So we've been thinking, toying with the idea, should we ever do like a, a fish style Halloween surprise album side thing? Mm hmm. Yeah. That would be different. That would that would be different than most bands do around here who just come out and play their set, right? Right. But right. you know, we're a pretty well-oiled machine now. I would love to do I don't know if I've mentioned that I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan, but I would love to do a <laughs> a uh I'd love to do all our Springsteen music, you know, uh, it, not really tribute style cuz, you know, it, it's I guess kind of tribute style. Yeah. But that would be a cool thing to do. And one of the ones I've been thinking that would be a really great project to really dive into is uh, to do Graceland. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, that would take some work. You'd a have to bring work. in different musicians, maybe. Yeah. Probably another percussionist, unless you, unless you've got a horn player that can, you know, double on that. Oh, that yeah. band that, that band that played, that played for Simon live when he did Graceland. I mean, that was otherworldly. Yep. Sounds, feels, vibes, grooves that you just don't hear every day. That's right. Yep. What would your dream, what would your dream special event be? Would you do a tribute to somebody? Would you, you know, do all songs about clouds? You know, what what would would Uh, your dream special event be? Man, that's a hard. Musical content. Not, you know, like you do these nice things, you you know, the Fling Fest things. But if you could put together any like one-off this is a passion thing that I think I can really make go over for people. What would be rush? It might be. Yeah. I mean, it would take, I've played only, only played a couple of rush tunes with bands live. Um, and, and, but I'm, I'm aware of how much work that would take. So yeah, that could be one. Beatles. Uh, Beatles could be another. Yep. Uh, it would have to be something I'm really passionate about. That's what uh, I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would probably be yeah one of those two. Um, I think, I think a good uh, REM tribute oh, would yeah. be an interesting thing to do for sure. Um, you know, and that's a whole different thing. I mean, we're talking about Rush and the Beatles in very different ways, but the technical uh, execution of those is kind of the first thing on the list. There's lots of things. There's it's a long list, but you've got to get the technical execution right. With an REM thing, I, I feel like the first thing on the top of the list would be somehow matching the energy that they had. Yeah, you'd have to have the right people yeah. to portray it. You yeah. can't do everything from behind the kit. No, I can't. Right. No, it would have to. It's a team sport. Yeah, for sure. Um, any of these things are. Uh, but that one, even perhaps even more so, would be difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't thought about that a lot. I actually was thinking about you this week and surprised that you had never done like a Springsteen tribute thing. So it's funny that you mentioned that. Not surprising. I had one though. time actually put some ads out, tried to find people, see if there were enough musicians in this area that were as into the music as me. And I got like one or two, you know, pings back. Joe and my band is, you know, very, very focused on it. Uh, the other, and also Mike, my sax player is very focused on it, but the rest of the guys are like, 
<laughs> fine on it. Sure. You know, we're going to, we're going to try born to run this year. So that's one new song that's coming in. And we actually, if you add them all up over the course of the years, we have probably 14 or 15 Springsteen songs. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're not all in the set list at any one time. Right. Like Glory days and um, dancing in the dark have been the ones that seem to have survived the longest, but we played Rosalita for a long time. We play East Street shuffle. We play uh 10th Avenue freeze out. We, you know, had a pretty time where we played um, thunder road a little bit, but to me that one, like, like what you're saying about the technical execution, that's harder for me because I'm listening for very subtle nuances yeah. that if you're not that into it, you might not grab those things. Yeah. A rush. I, I've thought about the rush thing, especially lately. Um, my son has become a huge rush fan. And so it's, a, a, it's rare now that a day goes by where I'm not hearing rush in the house. And, mm. and, and that's, that had not been the case for a while when I was, well, frankly, his age and, and probably up until I was 20, uh, it, that was pretty much common. You know, I would, I would listen to some rush at least once a day. Um, mm. but now that I'm, I'm back into it, it's interesting. I go and, and play these tunes and I've got some rush tunes that I just kind of have in my, you know, I'm going to go play the drums. I don't need to work on anything in particular. I want to play along to a song as opposed to a click track. And, and so I have this playlist of stuff and, and there's some rush tunes in there that I've known, you know, oh, my entire oh, you're life. not going to get away that easily. What's on this playlist? Oh, well, um, in terms of rush tunes, yeah. uh, yeah, so uh, Spirit of Radio, uh, Red Barchetta, all of twenty one twelve is there. Mm-hmm. Kid, Kid Gloves is one of my favorite songs to play. Uh, as is Between the Wheels; those are two songs from Grace Under, Grace Under Pressure. Uh, Lavia Strangiato. Uh huh. Those are the Rush ones. That's, that, just, that's just a lot to remember. It is, but, but here's but it's the in you right. It is, except I've noticed in it in kind of listening to all this stuff again, I'm, I'm playing these things and learning and knowing more about these tunes than I did even back when I thought I had gone like as deep as one could possibly go. Right. Right. But I'm a different player now than I was then. Right. So I've, I've learned a lot. It's separate from that, but yet of course all ties it all together. Uh, so I've been thinking a lot about the rush thing and, and a, a rush tribute project and how much fun it would be. And, and how timely it probably will be, given that there's a decent chance they probably won't tour again. You, you know, that at least not in any significant way. Right. Um, uh, who knows? But that's basically what they said. They, they, you know, Neil said he's done touring. So, uh, which he said since 1989. So who knows? Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, but you know, there, there's a market for it, right? There is a decent Rush tribute band around here called Lotus Land that uh, that does fairly well. But but they don't come this quite this far north, so you know it could be it could be done it could be put together, but it would need to be with you know two other people that on their own know everything they need to know coming in. Yeah, you can't do those things when one guy is passionate about the nuance and other people are intrigued at the concept. Right, right, right. To to do that stuff and that you know to wrap this around the Doobie Brothers stuff from last night. I mean, if all these guys aren't those kind of Doobie Brother fans, I would be crazy surprised because the way they interpreted that music and, and dug into it and we're clearly getting joy from playing it, playing it together. I would be very surprised. So in order to do that tribute stuff, it, everyone needs to be on the same page and you know, you have to, you, you really have to buy into it. I say you have to buy in, 
But I'm reminded now of uh, Peter Hounslow, who was the first interview we did on the show. He was sure. here from Sweden uh, while they were performing their Tommy tribute. And he uh, I think he even said it when we were talking to him. But I know he said it when I talked to him separately that he's not. I mean, he doesn't hate the, the who uh, he likes them, but they're not his favorite band. And he didn't he had to learn all of this stuff. He treated it more like a theater gig than anything else. In fact, Rush is one of his favorite bands, which is rare for a guitar player. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just interesting. In fact, he even said, he's like, when we play uh, The Seeker, he said, the bass player and I are much bigger Rush fans than we are Who fans. So we know that we're playing the Rush version of the song, even mm. though the rest of the band thinks they're playing Isn't the Who great? version of the song. Yep. <laughs> so, Love it. Yep. All right, so I've I've gotten my monthly therapy here. I feel way Same. better now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I hope that uh, I heard your phone ring once. I hope that wasn't a cancellation of the gig, but uh, if it is, then maybe that's uh, how it how it's supposed to be. So, thanks, Dave. Thanks. Hey, uh, I don't think I'll talk to you before. So, have a merry Christmas, Paul. You have a great holiday, and to all our listeners, thank you guys so much. I, I, I meant to tell you that this week, maybe as a result of Psychotis being on last week, but a lot of people actually gave me some feedback about how much they really enjoyed. People I had no idea listened to it. I ran into, it was at a Christmas party on Saturday night, and a couple of guys who were in a band that I just know of came up and said how much they enjoyed listening to it, and the whole band talks about the stuff. And so, um, that's really, awesome. It is. It's really cool that that uh, maybe this is that the whole thing. Like if if other musicians are telling us that we like it, and you know maybe that's that respect thing, right? Yeah. Um, that's why we set out to do this is is to just talk through the stuff that's probably on anyone who does this for a living or quasi living's mind. So uh, thanks everybody for the feedback. Thanks for the Facebook posts. Thanks for all the encouragement. It is a blast doing it. And um, happy holidays to all our listeners. Indeed, happy holidays, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Paul.